Hey y'all, I'm Sammy, your host of the You Were Made For More podcast. John 10.10 is a promise that Jesus came down to earth so that we would have life and have it abundantly. My prayer is that this podcast and all of the content that we put out would remind every student that they were made for more simply because of who they were created to be. My own walk with the Lord and my relationships with the teenagers that I disciple have shown me that once we understand whose we are, the game changes. Or in other words, transformation happens. Our identity changes everything. We recognize that it takes investment and partnership between the church and parents to raise teens who know and believe who they are in Jesus. And we're here to help. So buckle up as we take this journey and take a look at what God has to say about friendships, relationships, sexuality, dating, and all the things in between. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the You Are Made For More podcast. We have a really special message for you again. This wraps up our Y Summit 2021 series, going through the talks that we heard at the Y Summit. This message is going to be from Chrissy Cassell. And if you don't know Chrissy, I highly recommend going back um, in the archives of the You Were Made For More podcast. She was on one of our very first episodes sharing her story about pornography addiction as a woman and it's really really great uh if you hear some noise in the background it's my baby my baby girl I am feeding her and multitasking that's how it goes these days but um we are gonna hear from Chrissy today about finding wholeness and this is really great coming from her because she really talks about how we need to be rooted in Christ to find wholeness in our lives and how it's a continuous journey that involves both hardships and healing. And at the end of her talk, I really hope that you feel more equipped and able to have tools that she's going to talk about and have truths that you can remember when you're trying and really seeking after wholeness and worth and love in your life that only comes from Christ. She is the youth director at the Church of St. Clement in El Paso, Texas, and she works with the students there. She has a heart that is on fire for the Lord, and we are so thankful to have her as a friend of Abundant Life, Uh, and we're excited for you to hear this message today about your identity and Christ being the center of your life and how that is the only way you will discover wholeness in your life. So get out your notebooks, your pen and paper, and get ready for this message. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. So today I want to talk to you guys about uh, my discovery of wholeness. Um, Now it's been a journey. It hasn't been easy. And I'll be honest, it's a continuous lifelong lesson. Um, So I wanted to start off by talking to you guys about my testimony and who I am as a person and, and kind of background story on me. 
So as I said, my name is Christy and I'm a youth minister at St. Clement's Church in El Paso, Texas. I have been for about three and a half years. It's been awesome and I've enjoyed it immensely. Um, my father was in the military. Um, I grew up kind of here and there and we settled in Texas um, and it's been, it's been awesome. I got married in 2017. Uh, my husband and I have two beautiful fur children. Uh, Cleo, who is a beautiful collie um, lab mix, and King Louie, who is our pretentious, beautiful, cuddly uh, Maine Coon kitty cat. Kitty cat. Um, so that's just some background story on me. Um, and now we're going to dive into my presentation. Here we go. So I want to talk to you guys about the lie that I began to believe when I was a very young kid. The lie is this. You are only wanted when you perform. You are only wanted when you do things for me. You are only loved when you do things for me. Now, this lie was instilled a, a bunch of different ways, right? It's like when you have siblings, there's no way that a parent can give you all the attention you need and your sibling all the attention they need and their spouse all the attention they need. There's always going to be some sort of lack some way or the other. Um, this came from teachers, you know, not being noticed in class, but when I'm helpful, they notice me and praise me. This came from um, me getting really good grades and then that being what is uh, the catalyst for praise and adoration in my family. Like there were multiple things that told me or groomed my mind into thinking when you are performing or when you do things for me, that is when I want you. So what that led me into being, my friends, is what I like to call a chronic people pleaser. Um, and I'll be honest, a manipulator as well. But I didn't realize that I was manipulating people um, until my, my early adult life. Uh, so let me tell you about that. I would constantly, constantly do things to make people like me. I could look at a person and be like, ooh, they need to be told their outfit looks cute. So I'm going to tell them their outfit looks cute because that means they'll like me. Or this person really responds well when I buy them coffee or when I take them out for lunch or when I choose to pay for the meal. So I'm just going to do that exclusively with this person. Never let them help me. I'm always just going to help them. Um, <laughs> so what that led to was you need a compliment. I'm here for you. You um, need something done, I'm your girl. Uh, you need something from me that is in an inconvenient time and would make something else in my schedule not work, but you're asking me this right now, I'll do it. I'll do anything for you, just, just let me please you. Let me be there for you because if I'm not, that means you're not gonna want me and that would totally break me as a person. So, it was, I don't know if you caught on, it's a very dysfunctional way of thinking. <laughs> it's a very dysfunctional way of living because what that does then is that pushes people away from me, that makes my needs not met, and it puts up this false identity of I have everything together, which then makes me not a relatable person to my friends. I remember one time, meeting in a coffee shop with two of my friends and I had had a really bad day 
And I had done what I had just mentioned, what I just described to these two friends for years. I had been there for them, been there for them, never let them be near me. Because if I needed them, then I would be an inconvenience. So I finally just spent maybe 45 minutes word vomiting to these friends. And at the end felt horrible. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I just talked for such a long time. That was so selfish of me, blah, blah, blah. Like spewed out the whole I'm sorry thing. And these two friends were just looking at me like astonished. And they were like, Christy, oh, it's totally fine. We always think that you have life together. Um, and so it's really, it's really comforting to be able to hear that you don't. Um, and that you don't have everything together and you can, uh, you need us too. And it was just this, like, it was a subtle realization from that moment that I needed to begin to let people in. But this lie still plagued me, right? This lie of you're only loved if you're wanted and you're only wanted if you're doing things for people. That lie circulated in my mind from a young age to being a young adult for years. Um, and so I want to tell you now about a really incredible moment that changed my life. So I went to a, I went to a retreat. That's the word that I was looking for. I apologize. I went to a woman's retreat for my church, um, in 2014 and I was sitting there. I don't really remember what the retreat was about, but I remember sitting in the back during worship and it was one of the closing nights um, and I hadn't really gotten much from the retreat, which was fine, but I knew that I needed to just go sit in the back during worship, sit on the floor and just kind of chill. I was a little overwhelmed because of how many people were there. Um, and I remember just sitting there and worshiping, crying a little, and then hearing God so tenderly whisper into my soul, Christy, I want you. Christy, I choose you. And this, this truth that God spoke into my heart took me so far back and like shook my world so hard because I had always known that God loves me, right? In my mind, a parent who God is my father, right? A parent has to love their kids. Loving their kid isn't a choice, right? That was what my reality was as a kid. My, my parents loved me well, and I never experienced them not loving me. And so hearing God is your father meant, oh, okay, so God loves me. That's a given. It wasn't necessarily a like world shocking moment, right? But when I heard that truth on the floor in the back of the room at that woman's retreat, Christy, I want you. And Christy, I choose you my mind began to change because what that meant then was God doesn't love me because he has to. God loves me and wants me because he does, because it was a, it was an intentional choice that he made for me and of me. And it was in that moment, it was so cool. In that moment, my life began to change, right? So I, it, that moment was seven years ago and it has taken me I would say about six to get to a point where I really actually started working on 
living in that identity of being wanted and being chosen. So that's what I want to talk about next is the work that is necessary, right? So being a youth minister and, and just being a human in general in this, you know, life of following Jesus, a question I get asked all the time is, Christy, why isn't God helping me? Or why am I not hearing God? I want to know my worth. I want to walk in my identity. Why, why haven't I been? Nothing's changing. And I have lived that life for six years. Like that was the life that I lived of, okay, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Nothing's happening. Continuously, nothing's happening. And it's just monumentally disappointing to so want wholeness, so want healing and nothing happening. So let's talk about that. Um, I'm going to pull out my notes right here so I can read them. So change the page. Here's the thing about life. <laughs> um, when we hear truth, we think that is the thing that fixes everything, right? Truth is very important, but here's the after step that we often forget about. Hearing truth is part of the battle, but practicing truth is where victory lies. So if I hear Christy, you're wanted, Christy, you're loved, and then just let that sit there and not really do anything with it, nothing changes, right? But I expect it to change because I've heard this truth in my head. But what hasn't happened is this head knowledge hasn't transferred over to heart knowledge. Um, I did this thing called soul care um, in 2017. And this woman, Carolyn Allen, um, Reverend Carolyn Allen, she's awesome. She was the one who facilitated my soul care and she wrote a book on it as well. She looked at me and she told me, Christy, when you change your thoughts, you change your life. And when we were sitting in session and kind of throwing things away, walking through forgiveness and doing all this really cool stuff, this really cool work, what we did every time we tackled a lie was we got what she called your battle weapon, right? So when the lie came up of, oh, Christy, you're not wanted, the battle weapon was, no, you were chosen. You know, first Peter, you were chosen. You're, you're a royal priesthood. You were chosen by God. And what she would say is when that lie of you're not wanted pops up, you pull out this piece of paper or you put it somewhere where you see it and you say, no, that's a thought that isn't true. What is true is this thought. And then you practice that thought every day, multiple times a day. And when you practice that thought, whenever the disruptive thought comes in, that is then you replace that thought and truth is being solidified in your brain. And then it becomes secondhand nature. When you get you know, triggered when you're feeling like, oh, I'm really tired and susceptible to lies right now. And I'm just feeling so unwanted and so unloved by people. It's going to be easier to go into your brain and grab that truth and go, no, no, my battle weapon. I am loved. I am wanted. I am chosen by God. But where we often fail here is when we don't practice the truth, right? When we choose to wallow in the sadness that accompanies those lies. So I want to share with you guys an illustration that my therapist shared with me. Um, and here it is. Here it is. 
So this right here is, um, I don't know if you guys are making some, some observations. We've got a man right here, kind of split him in half. Right here, he's strong. He is lifting, I would say, those plates are like 45 pounds each. Like that's a lot of weight and he's beefy on this side. Um, but if you'll notice where he's struggling is right here with a balloon. And on this side, he's super weak and there's like no muscle, um, but this balloon is heavier, right? So when I was talking about this very thing of feeling unmotivated or feeling like um, I couldn't walk out or do the things that were hard because they were hard and I just didn't want to do them. She showed me this picture and she was like, Christy, you have a choice always. You have a choice to either lift the balloon, focus on the easy things, take the easy way out, or to do hard work, right? So this muscle man didn't get these muscles just because he was out, you know, laying on the couch. He got these muscles because he worked hard and he lifted multiple weights before he got here, right? It was just this bar alone. I don't know if y'all have ever lifted a weight yeah, this bar weighs 45 pounds just by itself. So this bar is heavy in and of itself. So he has built up his endurance and he has built up his strength by continuously working and doing something hard, which is lifting a weight, right? And because of that, he has the strength to lift so much more. But when we choose the easy way out and when we choose to wallow, we then lift the balloon and when we're lifting the balloon, no, no hard work is being done. We remain weak and there's no benefit. So I want to apply that illustration to our identity. When we choose to not practice the truth that we have been given, we lift the balloon. We choose the balloon in our life. We choose the easy way out because here's an uncomfortable truth about pain is that our pain is comfortable. Our pain is easy. Our pain is something that we know, right? This lie of feeling unwanted, it was an easy lie to believe. It was an easy lie to live because it was all I knew. And, and healing and pursuing wholeness was unknown right? How do I really know that God is going to heal me? How do I really know that something is going to change? I don't. And, and what will that change look like? I don't know. And, and what if I don't like the way that the change looks like? Or what if the change hurts? It's just easier to stay in this lie. So the uncomfortable truth is that healing and wholeness only comes when we're willing to change only comes when we're willing to lift the heavy weight of practicing our identity and practicing our truth um, that God has given us. So here's what it boils down to, my friends. Um, we all universally have lies that we struggle with. We struggle with believing that we're worth it. We struggle with believing that we're loved, that we're um, chosen by God because of multiple reasons in our lives, right? There's, there's multiple factors that go into why we believe what we believe. But here is what truth says. Truth says that you are loved. Truth says that you are valued. Your life has value. You are, are sought after by the King of Kings. 
And that truth, that truth may be heavy hitting right now, but what's going to happen in, in two weeks when that truth kind of is in the back of your head and you're not really thinking of it and you're hit with, oh, I didn't turn in a, a homework assignment and I got a really bad grade. Oh, I'm the worst person ever. That truth doesn't have the like boxing gloves on to battle that, that thought and that negative um, emotion, that negative thought, because you haven't put in the practice, you haven't lifted the heavy weights. So what I wanna end with is giving you guys battle weapons. Um, and I like to call them I am statements. So uh, if you're watching this, I would love for you to write down these little verses um, because when we feel like we can't hear God's voice, what we can always do is go to scripture because scripture is the word of God. It is his voice. And so when we go to scripture, we can find truth about who God says we are. And though it may not come in like the holy goosebumps and the like feely feels in a worship session, it doesn't mean they're any less true or hold any less value in your life. So I've got five of them for you. So the first one is this um, from Genesis 1, 27. I'm going to read the verse, say the statement. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, 27. I am made in the image of God. Number two, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. Then when you call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. And the I am statement is, I am heard by God and I will find him. Third, I am statement. Matthew 5, 14, one of my favorites. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, 14. I am God's light. I am a light of God's love to the world. This next one was one that I continuously had to go to and continuously do go to because one of the, the lies that I struggle with along with the I'm unwanted stuff is, is shame. Shame is something that I really struggle with. So when I feel shame kind of beating down on me or when I'm feeling really shameful about a situation, this is an I am statement I go to regularly. So this is from 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I am a new creation in Christ. Um, another one that goes really well with that one, especially for shame is Psalm, I think it's 40, 34, 5 which is those who look to me are radiant and their faces shall never be covered in shame. Um, and a really great I am statement from that is I am radiant um, because shame can't touch your face when you're full of radiance and looking at God. That was a freebie. You're welcome. Um, so here's the fifth and final one. Second Timothy 1:17. for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Again, that is second Timothy 1:17. I am powerful in the Lord. I am loved and I have the ability to choose. So 
you now have five plus a bonus one, so six I am statements that you get to battle your lies with. And the question I leave you with is, are you willing to put those into practice? Are you willing to lift the heavy weight that is choosing to not sit in your lies, but choose to work hard and lift the I am statements above your head and into your heart? Like, are you willing to do that? Because that is when victory comes. Hearing truth is part of the battle, but the practicing is where victory lies. You are loved, you are wanted, you were chosen, and you have a purpose. Your life has purpose. Um, and yeah, that, that will be it. I hope you guys practice your truth. Uh, and if you, know, you need help, you can look me up on Instagram and send me a message. I'd love to talk to you if you need it. Bye guys. <laughs>